Welcome to a Skyrimatic podcast where I will discuss my adventures and misadventures through Skyrim. Join me. Add your stories. Add your tales. Let's uh, let's get into this thing. Hello, hello, hello. All right, I thought that music would be lower by now. Sorry about that. Uh, random um, announcement. Uh, I have just gotten back out from back from having dinner and may have had a couple of adult beverages. So uh, if this is slightly sloppy, I apologize. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, back to episode 101 of Skyrimatic Podcast. We are nearing the end of uh, August, so in September, uh, planning ahead, future plans. Uh, I would like to start the um, kind of like guides or whatever you want to call them, uh, little sessions where we talk about uh, how to attack certain aspects of the game as we get near the re-release of these or the release of the special edition slash re-release of the game. Um, I would like to start those sometime in September. I've uh, we haven't really talked exactly, but I figure maybe like a crafting one that covers, you know, enchanting potions, um, general crafting, um, yeah, blacksmithing, etc. Uh, one that attacks how you play the game in general, um, types of characters, ways of playing the game, different ways of playing the game, um, how modding can enhance that, uh, things like that. Uh, and then maybe one on the quest lines and, you know, which you prefer, may prefer or not prefer to go to and and things like that. So, uh, and if anybody else has any ideas of what they would like addressed within uh, the pre-release time of the special edition, you know, feel free to email in, let me know, um, and we'll look at that. So that that's kind of the idea for September coming up. Um, probably going to be away the next two weekends, but... Um, uh, I will probably, I think I'm back on Sunday each weekend, so I'll probably have stuff to come out in at least one of those weekends. But um, I, I have actually been playing quite a bit. Um, if you don't know, uh, we have a new audio Let's Play podcast, Let's Play Skyrim, it's called. It's finally on iTunes. Um, I screwed something up multiple times, and uh, they've kind of changed the way you submit the podcasts, so um, that's been a slight issue where I messed it up um, a couple times. So uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, Let's Play Skyrim is on iTunes now, also on Google Play. I don't believe it's on Stitcher yet. So keep an ear out for that or keep an eye out for that. If you, right now I'm going through the main quest. Um, next up is uh, Colin will be doing the Mages Guild. I actually have the first five episodes of that already ready. Or not ready. I have the audio for them. And uh, they'll be ready to go. But we're doing each quest separately. Uh, I know Victor's looking to put together a modded version of the game. Uh, where you may be going through some quest mods as well. So th there's going to be a bunch of that. So uh, if you enjoy Skyrim and you just kind of want to... You know, if you're driving down the road and want to hear the game and what's going on. Uh, it's, it's a good little thing to check out. And that's called Let's Play Skyrim. And it is on iTunes as well as Google Play. Um, I'm sorry, I gotta turn down my headphones. My mixer is way up there. 
there we go. Sorry, my mixer's up on the shelf, so uh takes a little bit to reach it. So anyway, uh, I have continued on with, uh, other than uh, Jay, my Let's Play Skyrim character, I've continued on with Hynor. Uh I believe I mentioned him on episode 100 a little bit. Uh, anyway, I left off, last I left off when I picked it up, I was in, somehow I decided it was a good idea when I traveled from, oops, let me pull, I want to pull up my map here. So I just have a better idea of where I was. Uh, I think I was traveling from Riften to White, Win, Windhelm. Where was I going in between? God, where was I going? I get in, Silver Rift, Iron Blind, Urkenthand, that's it. So I had to go from Riften to Urkenthand. And I decided to go via, I went Rift in Windhelm, Reckon So anyway, uh, as I was traveling from Rift in to Windhelm, instead of just taking the roads, I hopped off across the mountains and ended up in Mistwatch. And I entered Mistwatch. If you don't know what Mistwatch is, it is where, uh, if you enter it the, enter it the proper way, um, you meet Krister, I believe his name is, down at the entrance. Um and he's like uh, my wife she's missing I think these bandits have her blah 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 anyway I entered from the top so I met Krister at the bottom and after I had killed everybody except for there's a top tower where you can't get get into unless you have a key that you actually get from Krister so anyway you go back up there Fajol is up there for some reason, I stopped in there. I've been generally just doing the Thieves' Guild quest completely. Um, but I I don't know. When I was rolling across the mountains, I decided to stop there. And I did. And I visited Fajola and Krister uh, and took care of that quest. Uh, Mistwatch Keep is a, is a pretty pretty good quest. little, you know, random side thing you run into. Um the level I'm playing at is pretty difficult because I'm only like level six or seven, something like that. Let's see what I am exactly. As a matter of fact, uh, oh, six or seven, thirty-one. I'm thinking of uh, Jay. Uh, I am level thirty-one. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm mixing up the two characters. I apologize. Anyway, uh, it was this character, but I am playing on. I believe I'm playing on legendary. Um, and it, it was still pretty difficult. Uh, legendary with Ordinator and um, just rolling through there with a bow and stuff was, was pretty difficult. I'm, I'm not one-shotting people yet or anything like that. So I, it it was a you know, it was a pretty tough tough roll to go through. Anyway, so I finally made it through Mistwatch. I, I made it to Windhelm. Um, let me pull up my map again real quick. So, yeah, I got through Mistwatch, finished the way up to Windhelm, cleared out my inventory for what I needed, got reset. Uh, as I, you know, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm only using the armor which you acquire through the game. Right now, I am in Nightingale, Nightingale attire um, to go with the Thieves' Guild quest line. I am wearing the Nightingale armor, boots, gloves, hood. Uh, I'm wearing a ring of archery, a necklace pickpocket, and an eye patch uh, that does bow damage. I know the eye patch is a little different, but 
Uh, it's part of a mod. Uh, I think it's immersive armors. But uh, yes, yeah, so I have an eye patch. Yeah, it looks nice. Kind of goes with the hood and stuff, actually. Uh, looks pretty good. Actually, the Nightingale armor is absolutely one of my favorite armors in the game. I love how, I don't know, it's just really stealthy and, and dark looking. And I, I really love the Nightingale armor, I got to admit. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite vanilla armors by far. Uh, that and the Ebony Mail, but, um, Ebony Mail is not great for sneaking because people notice you when you start sucking the life force out of them. So that can be a bit of a problem. Uh, I do love, I, I really love the Nightingale look and all that. So, uh, I ended up in, after clearing out everything in Windhelm, headed west and made it to Urkenthan, which is pretty much due west of Windhelm. Um, got there. You meet up with Carlia and Brynlof and start rolling through there. A lot of dead Falmer, a lot of dead bandits and such. Uh, Mercer Frey has already gone through there. And, you know, there's a lot of dead bodies and stuff. And uh, there's a lot of Falmer. I, I did a... So the early part of it is not too bad. You, you know, a Falmer here and there. Some dead bodies, some traps, etc. Um, then you get into a few areas where it's a large amount of Falmer, and that that can be difficult um, because I'm not playing at a level where I can one shot anybody or anything like that. So the first main room I came into that was like that, uh, I was able to sneak quite a bit and pick off people here and there. Um, you have a choice of going high or low to get through the room. I forget what the name of the area is exactly within Narcanthand. It was early enough where it wasn't wasn't that big a deal. But uh so anyway, you know, I picked I was able to pick people off enough. You know, it, it was taking ten arrows a Falmer. So it's not like it it was an easy thing. So um Carlia and Brynlof were doing a lot of the work there. But I got through there and then there was another area I was able to sneak through where I shot a Dwemer Centaurian. Um so he was activated and started fighting the Falmer, and I just snuck right through there, upstairs, around, uh, to another level, and then through the door, and was able to sneak past everything. Um, in that next section, it was the same kind of thing, a lot of Falmer, but it was a dark area, and I was able to sneak behind like their little tents, those little huts they have, and sneak through most of that area, and sneak through the, past the Charis and stuff like that. So I, I did a lot of sneaking through Urkenthand. Um, especially the areas with the multiple farmer, f farmer, farmer, uh, in them. I, I definitely stuck through those areas just because it would have, it would have been very difficult. And I figure as a thief, I should be sneaking through there anyway. Um, so I, I definitely used my sneak. So anyway, I get to the last section with Mercer Frey. He's stealing the, I have the eyes of the Falmer, technically. Um, and the first couple tries, I had a little difficulty. Uh, you get there in a room prior to that, you are able to get, um, I think there's three or four detect life scrolls and you can use those. Those are fine and all. Um, and I was using the bow a little bit, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I just went to double daggers and just ran up on them. But uh, because of the difficulty level, um, pretty much once he hit me, I was dying pretty quickly. 
because uh, I think you get a, like a drain life sword. Uh, I believe Mercer has a sword that drains life out of you. So, you know, obviously that's not great. <laughs> so he's hitting me, knocking my life down pretty well. And then also, you know, draining it, at, you know, after that fact. So I, I used a lot of potions and then eventually I just came up came upon the idea to i just used my double daggers ran right up on them and was just blasting away at them um with ordinator i have some one-handed perks um and i'd put into one right prior to going in there that was uh i think 20 percent faster dual bladed attacks yeah dual 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 wielding attacks are 20 percent faster so that was nice um i have one-handed weapons do 40% more damage and critical strikes with one-handed weapons do 2% more critical damage per level of one-handed. And Discipline Fighter, which is reduced stamina cost of power attacks. And I'm level 30 one-handed. So I've been wanting to transition to one-handed anyway because uh, I'm going to head into the Dark Brotherhood after this. So... I felt like uh, he was going to learn the taste of blood through the Thieves Guild because you do have to do some killing. And um, I want to I wanna do mostly one-handed sneak attacks and kill that way within the Dark Brotherhood. I feel like that's that's a, that just feels like the most Dark Brotherhood thing to do, the most uh, appropriate for that storyline, sneaking up and slitting throats and such. So... Um, that's that's kind of how I want to transition my character to the next storyline. But uh, I want to bring the Thieves Guild to prominence, and I have the mod where I can pick the city that the Radiant Quest comes into, so that's always nice. Um, it'll make it a lot simpler. Um, anyway, so anyway, I get through Urkenthand, I, I defeat Mercer Frey, and next up for me is um, the Twilight Sepulcher, Sepulcher, and... Uh, the pilgrim's path so that'll be next time i'll be talking about that but uh yeah also i've been playing obviously my let's play skyrim character and i'm playing that pretty vanilla um those quests are pretty vanilla that we're playing that are, we're going to play through except obviously victor's going to do a, a modded one which is awesome and the quest mods and stuff but uh for the main quest i'm keeping it pretty vanilla uh the only mods i really have are for my visuals and stuff although if you listen you'll hear um there's some times where I run into incredibly dark nights where I can't see anything. <laughs> so so there's a bit of a problem. Oh, or rainstorms that are so torrential that I can't see five feet in front of me. But uh, yeah, I'm going through those quests uh, relatively vanilla. So um, they're, they would be like you would play through on the game itself if it was, uh, you know, straight out of the box per se on the... Um, on the consoles. So, uh, I do have a couple emails here from Dave. Sorry about that. Let me pull those up. Let me get the proper one. Here we go. So he's currently rebuilding his main system and, uh, getting it ready to upgrade and stuff like that. So, um, he did send an audio feedback, but that was for me only. Uh, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> but, uh, 
But uh, here's a journal from Mac Beta. Freitas, first of Morning Star, fourth era, two hundred and three. Who in oblivion are the, are the graybeards really? Lydia says I must go, as it's an honor to be called. Muscatia says I have to go, but she will meet me in Markarth after I've been to see them. After I've been to see them. God, really, seven thousand steps in a bloody goat. Journey to the Greybeards. Well, that's me settled in my new home and Thane routine at Riverside Lodge. Lydia and Yindigo seem to be getting on all right, and Drogo, well, he's just Drogo. Muscasia, my elderly half, my elder, not elderly, sorry about that. Muscasia, my elder half-sister, has arrived along with the news about vampires in Morthal. That mad bastard, Izran, in, in Fort Dongard expects me to sort it all out. Muscasia wanted to spend a few days with some bloody redguard called Jer in Rorikstead. And I'm off to see these bloody old men up in the High Rothgar. We agreed to meet in Morthal in two weeks and said off we went. In two weeks' time and off she went. During our chats, I've discovered that both my sisters are in Bloody Dark Brotherhood. In fact, it's almost a family business because my grandfather, of blessed memory, was a listener in the damn thing too. Damn it, Makachia, never ever let that one slip out. Of course, let's be honest, my best friend is an assassin. Not Dark Brotherhood, of course, just a freelance killer along with his now-dead brother. I'm surrounded by bloody killers. Even Lydia is a bit bloodthirsty. I discovered that when we went to clear out some bandits in White River Watch. She took down the leader in a few blows of her axe. I couldn't get an arrow in anywhere because she kept getting in the way. She's bloody worse than Drogo and could easily get herself killed running in front of me like that. A firebolt up her arse would get her jumping out of the way. No, maybe a frostbolt, because Nords are good against the cold. I thought about the graybeards and decided to go, saying to Lydia, I just hope these old men are worth the visit because I really need a break from the constant reminders I keep getting. It took us almost a week to get to Iverstead because we keep getting interrupted by bandits, necromancers, and various wild animals. I had a one-on-one mage fight with a necromancer not long after we left the house. He had set himself up near one of the standing stones. Indigo and Lydia started sorting out the skeleton warriors he conjured up. I just fired up a storm atronach and hit him with some firebolts. We then cleared out Valtheim Towers of a particularly inept bunch of bandits. They had asked me for a toll of 200 gold when I approached on my own in my robes, just like a traveling mage. Muscasia had warned me about them. I charged Indigo to do a quick kill on the guard from the hill overlooking the entrance whilst I was being accosted. Lydia and Drogo then took off like a pair of friends from Oblivion, up the stairs and into the first tower. The archer on top didn't know what hit him. Indigo and I wandered up and settled down on top of the tower. We just shot at anybody who popped their head up. Lydia and Drogo attacked and killed whomever, became out, whoever came out of the door 
of the other tower. Lydia even knocked the bandit leader off the bridge into the river below. The poor bugger didn't even know, didn't even drown because he was ever so slightly headless when he hit the water. The poor bugger didn't even drown because <laughs> that's a good reason not to drown. Sorry about that. I <laughs> didn't realize I said that. God, that woman is bloody lethal with, with that axe she wields. I'm glad she's on my side. I really need to buy her that steel helmet. That fur helm she wears looks stupid with, that, with all that steel. We continued our journey to Iverstead, cutting over a mountain path near Fort Aim Hall. Drogo met up with Sabercat almost as big as him on the way up, and we managed to chase it off. We bypassed the troll near, near the river just below Iverstead, and eventually made it up into the village. In the Valmir Inn, Wilhelm was pleased to see us. We brought we brought more custom. The rest of the town folk didn't appear happy that the dreaded sweet roll consumer had arrived back. The first thing Indigo ordered was a couple of sweet rolls and an ale. He just sat at the table beside the door, nodding hello to the customers as they came in and chewed slowly on his sweet roll. Or as he came in slowly. As they came in slowly, he chewed on the sweet roll. <laughs> Sorry about that. Gods, he can be a cruel cat person. I spoke to Klimek, who I knew took supplies up to High Hrothgar. I asked about the best route up, and were there any problems. He reckoned he only had problems with the odd wolf or wolf pack to contend with. Regarding the route, he said with a smile, there is only one route, and that is up the steps. I told him we would take his supply with us and as we were going to High Hrothgar. He seemed pleased because he reckoned his knees were starting to go. We settled down for the evening, had a meal, a few drinks, chatted about the latest adventures. Lydia surprised us with all her songs and tales of Nord heroes. It would appear I have a very talented housecarl when she gets a drink or two in her. We went off to our beds, happy, relaxed, mood ready to face the day. So that was the latest of uh, McBeta from Dave. Uh, also, uh, speaking, uh, well, not really speaking of anything, but anyway, uh, don't forget we will be doing the charity podcast in, on October 29th, I believe, which is right after re release of Skyrim. So uh, here's a tale from Muscasia. It's a story to tie in with the earlier McBeta one, which, of course, I just read. Hasn't really be, been playing much because he's rebuilding his system currently. So, And also reconsidering his options for future gameplay, which I will have to email and ask about, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. Oh, let me pull this a little closer so I can read it. Sorry about that. I bumped the mic stand. This is a letter to a sister. Makachia. Love to father when you see him next. I swear by all the gods that this Skyrim is the most lawless place I have ever had the misfortune to be in. I was bother bothered by bloody bandits again. Our little dragonborn brother had gone off chasing dragons with his new house, Carl. Another Lydia, by the way. And his amusing Khajiit assassin friend. 
Indigo. He'll find chasing the dragons can become addictive. Best to stop when you can. Let the big scaly bastards come after you. It's more fun, as you well know. I decided to spend a couple of pleasant days catching up with Jer in Rorikstead before heading off to meet Beta in a place called Morthal in a few days. The place seemed, the place seemed to have developed a vampire problem, according to our Dongard colleagues. I really bloody hate vampires. Regards to stepmother when you see her next, Nascasia. Okay, and then here we begin. Bloody bandits again. I left Jaren Rorikstead behind early in the morning and traveled north on the Dragon Bridge Road. I proposed to cut east just after the first bridge over the river. I was told I would know it when I got there. A small fishing hut should be visible on the opposite bank to the one I was traveling along. I had just crested the hill not long after leaving the village when I suddenly spotted a suspicious-looking little character in the rocks below. He was partly hidden from the junction, which lay several hundred paces ahead of me. Now a helpless lady elf hunter like me has to be careful, so I proceeded stealthily down through the rocks into the west side of the road to get a better look. There was a bandit just waiting to attack someone like poor me. I fired up my bound bow, relaxed, imbued it with poison, aimed, and hit true as usual, and I had a bandit down. I now looked around, spotted two more on the other side of the road, and another on this side past the junction. Oh dear, what am I supposed to do now? I fired up Inferno, my flame atronach, readied my bow, and fired what could only be called a sighting shot in the direction of the nearest partially hidden bandit near the rocks on the other side. It was like kicking a skeever's nest. Three bandits all rushed out, weapons drawn, heading towards the road junction. An inferno now let rip. I just maintained my hidden position and hit them with my invisible hit them with my invisible to them bound bow arrows. The hunted became the hunter, and they looked around, panicking at painful holes appearing in their bodies. The third and final bandit died just as Inferno returned to Oblivion. A small chest lay in an abandoned cart, stopped in the center of the junction. It was so obviously the bait for these bandits, and as expected, it contained damn all worth taking. The bandits give a few septums, and some wine or ale. The armor was not worth the time breaking out my tanning rack, and their their weapons were just crap. I continued, continued on down the hill. I now saw the bridge in the distance just beyond the bend. A small wolf pack were chasing the elk near the bridge. The elk and the wolves headed across the bridge and on towards the small fortifications set on the walls of a small gorge on the other side of the river. It suddenly came alive with several. It suddenly came alive with several bowmen, appearing from all sorts of nooks and crannies. The wolves and the elk never stood a chance. This has to be Robert's Gorge, and it is full of robbers and bandits. I had thought it was just an ancient place of interest marked on the map. It was just a damn bandit camp, literally. A gorge full of robbers. Damn. 
gods, how could I have been so naive? I really am too trusting. It must be, it must be my kind of, it must be my nature, I told myself. I headed stealthily down to the bridge, keeping the rest of the road, keeping to the west of the road, and took stock. Two bandits were on a bridge-like structure over the roadway. Almost 100 paces, and I have to remain hidden, so no Atronax this time. Patience, patience. Watch, and all will be revealed. I decided to start with one who didn't have, the one who didn't move much. This, this bandit appeared to be manning some sort of mechanism. The other bandit slowly wandered back and forward over the bridge. He had adopted a habit of occasionally stopping to gaze down the bridge on, gaze down the road from the bridge. I waited until the parapiatic bandit turned started to walk away from the one with the mechanism. I imbued my bound bow with one of my more toxic potions po- more toxic poisons, sorry. Relaxed, aimed, and fired. One permanently static bandit with an arrow through his throat. The other bandit, oblivious to his friend's demise, wandered up and down for a bit. Then he took his favored poison, favored position, facing down the bridge and was looking straight into my draw, into my drawn bound bow. Another poisoned arrow struck true through the left eye. The bandit staggered backwards and fell over the rail down to the ground. Gods, I'm still good at this. I waited, but no alarm. So I moved stealthily forward along the bridge, ready to drop into the river below if necessary. I reached the base of the wooden tower and crossed to the other side. I then followed the wooden wall below a hut-like structure and round the camp. Nobody was looking on that side for some reason. The view was stunning. No appreciation of beauty, obviously. I made it to where the wall ran into some large boulders and weighed it. Smelling food being cooked just over the wall, that elk must have been skinned and butchered pretty darn quickly. Still no alarms. I eased myself up in the rocks and surveyed my new targets. Two were just visible, sleeping side by side in a tent. Another was concentrating on cooking at a large fire with his back to me. Finally, one was on guard outside the stockade. She was just beyond the open gate near the roadway, leaning on a fortification, gazing down the, down over the road. The cook died without a sound as he slumped forward over the cooking pot. The guard died with two arrows in her neck. She should have worn a helmet. The two sleeping beauties died in each other's arms, together for an eternity in oblivion. Still, no alarm. I moved stealthily forward into the stockade, always aware of my possible escape route. Nobody else seemed to be around. This wasn't right, because I had at least seen two more. I eased over the walkway bridge structure and came up on the corpse on the landing, above some steps. A bandit was leaning on a fortification below me, gazing out over the river, oblivious to me aiming my bound bow. 
She must have had some premonition because she suddenly stood up and turned around facing me just as my arrow hit her in the shoulder. A scream of pain was cut off with my second arrow through the throat. Through the throat. A bellow sounded behind me. I turned to see a huge bloody Norse rushing across the bridge toward me with a very large double-headed axe. I was down those steps as fast as a skeever down a drain and ran over a flat grassy ground like like a startled deer. Just making some space between me and my pursuer, honestly. I fired up Inferno, dropped him off, and ran on several more paces. Fired up my bound bow and turned to face the big brute. He was dressed in what looked like full steel armor. By Sithist. He must he must have been a strong he <laughs> by Sithis. He must have been strong because he was still running fast towards me, waving his big chopper. I fired my first arrow, which struck his left leg, slowing him somewhat just as Inferno fired off a pretty st- devastating firebolt. The bandit staggered when the firebolt hit him. My next arrow took him in the left arm. But he held on to that bloody chopper with his right hand, still waving it about. By the gods, he was hard to stop. Another firebolt from Inferno and an arrow in the right leg slowed him somewhat. And he suddenly went down on one knee shouting, I yield, I yield. Stupid bastard must have thought I was born yesterday if he thought I would stop. I was about half his height and a quarter his weight. And he was fully armored and obviously as strong as a bear. I wasn't going to get anywhere within reaching distance of that axe. My final arrow was through the eye and into the brain. A quick and relatively painless death for the bandit. I did a quick recon of the entire camp. Found nothing but the corpses of some slightly and some slightly overcooked elk steaks and a badly skinned hide. The bandits had very little coin and some minor valuables, but this was poor fare even for a bandit camp. They were either going through a really bad patch, or their stash was somewhere else. The sun was starting to go down, and I set up camp outside the East Gorge, well hidden by the stockade walls from the road. A cold, slightly charred elf steak, elk steak, some wine with water, and some wine with water. I slept sound, soundly with the fire, shock and frost rune traps I had set around me. I know, I know, paranoia is a form of madness, but by Sithis, it keeps you alive and out of the wilds. And so that was... I apologize for the reading on that one. My throat got incredibly dry and I forgot to bring water down with me. Uh, that was from, was that Muscasia? Yeah, Muscasia. I apologize. Yeah, I, I should have brought some water down with me. Anyway, uh, to, speaking of uh, Lydia, as she was mentioned in uh, one of the stories, um, Lydia features prominently in episode four and episode six of Let's Play Skyrim. We'll just say that. Uh, or was it episode five? It's definitely four, maybe five. She's in five, and she's in six, I believe. We'll see, though. But uh, I apologize for the reading. Um, 
I'm super dry down here in the super dry basement. It's been incredibly hot recently, and uh, I should have had water with me. But um, like I said, if you want to join in the charity cast, that'll be happening October 29th, and that'll be for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, leading up to that, as I said, we'll be doing the... Uh, I don't know if I want to call them guides. Whatever. We'll, we'll do some discussions about crafting, about... Um, the quest lines and things like that. So just general stuff about the game as we get to the re-release. And uh, if you are playing No Man's Sky, uh, I have been playing a lot of that myself. Uh, check out Game Talk, ASA Game Talk with Jeremy. Uh, if you go to ASA Podcasting, you can find it there. Uh, and the past actually two weeks, we have talked about um, No Man's Sky. Last week, uh, I was on for about five minutes in the car. <laughs> And then my signal kind of crapped out. Uh, and then this week, Victor and I talked quite a bit about it. Patrick was also on and talked uh, about his gaming history, which goes back um, to the early days of computer gaming as well as uh, prior to that. And uh, so that was pretty cool, too. And uh, obviously, Jeremy's on as well, and he's obviously hosting. And he's also playing No Man's Sky. So if you're looking for some No Man's Sky discussion... Uh, we kind of delve pretty deep into that this week, so check out Game Talk. Uh, other than that, I think that's all I got. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. There'll be a new Chatterbox this week if you haven't listened this week. Uh, look for it on the YouTube channel. And uh, if you get a chance, leave a review. Not on this episode. Not my greatest. I apologize. Uh, I wanted to get 101 out, and there was a little issue with the, the hosting, uh, our podcast hosting this weekend, so things weren't going up, so... I was kind of waiting till that was resolved, and it has been, so I wanted to record something, and I had played a bunch of Skyrim the past uh, day or so, so I wanted to uh, kind of talk about that. But uh, probably be one show over the next two weeks since I'll be traveling a bit. Uh, that's my best guess right now. But uh, once September rolls around, kind of get back into a regular routine. You know how the summer is. Get busy. Stuff like that. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have a moment, leave a review for the show or the other shows. And if you'd like to hear some Skyrim Let's Play audio, uh, it, it's a lot of people are liking it, which is cool. Uh, you know, if a few people like it, that's all I care about. And uh, if you want to check that out, that's Let's Play Skyrim. Check that out on iTunes um, or Google, uh, Google Play. Like I said, my throat is so dry right now. But uh, that's all I have this time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you'd like to join the Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Podcast. All right. Later, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Skyrimatic. You can find all of our contact information, YouTube channel information, as well as other shows over at asapodcasting.com, including our newest show, The Fallout Feed. Special thanks to Claire Lafar for the show's artwork. You can find her stuff at etsy.com slash myafireprints, M-A-I-A-F-I-R-E-P-R-I-N-T-S. And a thank you to Dan Bull for the use of his music in the roundtable open and close. You can find him on YouTube or iTunes. Just search Dan Bull. Once again, thanks for listening, and uh, later, everyone.